Welcome, fellow travelers, to Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm your host, Sam Fain, and I get to be joined on this episode by the one and only Deborah Pratt, co-creator, uh, director, executive producer, writer, actor, voice of Ziggy, um, coming back to the show uh, again. This time we're going to be talking about the latest episode of Quantum Leap, The Outsider, which Deborah directed. But before we get into that, I just wanted to take a moment to say uh, thank you, not just for being here, but for being here from a different location than uh, when we usually speak. Deborah, can you tell everyone where you are and what you've been up to? Today, I am in Bali, Uganda. Um, every day I've been someplace different. I have whitewater rafted the Nile. Um, we were back at the Nile, which is the source, um, Lake Victoria, which is the source of the Nile. It runs through 11 countries before it goes into the Atlantic Ocean. Um, I fell out of the boat and I'm rafting the first day, but I did not let go of the boat. The boat was not leaving me behind <laughs> and it was exhilarating. It was incredibly exciting to be on uh, a river with such history. And then we um, and went to look at these Ancola cows with these horns that must go up like four feet. They're just huge. Um, we have been to a, a banana farm and watched them make banana wine. I'd never heard of, but it was fascinating. And I just had the banana juice. I didn't have the banana wine because it has to ferment. Right. Well, I said, we, so we came into Kampala, which is one of the main cities in Entebbe. And then we went out to some of these, these amazing safari places. So I have seen hippos and crocodiles and... Um, I saw a white tiger. We went to um, a chimpanzee sanctuary on an island that was started by Jane Goodall's son and spoke with them. And then I went on a gorilla trek for seven hours and my body is like crazy. <laughs> But it's been very exciting and I've survived so far. That sounds incredible. Uh, and, and again, I'm just so grateful that you're taking the, the, the time to spend with us now. Um, and uh, it, it's been amazing. You shared a couple of pictures uh, with me, including some of the, the gorillas, which were incredible. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm so excited for you. That's just incredible. And uh, again, I really, really appreciate you being here. Uh, there might be just a, a heads up for, for listeners and viewers. There might be a little bit of a delay, technical difficulties at times. Of course, I'll try and tighten that up in editing. But just in case, of course, uh, because of where Deborah is in the world, that can offer a little bit of an explanation for that. Um, but let's let's talk about The Outsider, um, because I loved this episode. I thought it was superb. I loved the story. Uh, I loved the guest stars. I thought Nadine Ellis as, as Connie is just incredible. Um, and incredible. the placement within kind of the overall arc of the season. Yeah. I agree. Um, I agree. So can, can you talk a little bit about what your initial thoughts were once you got the script and knew you'd be directing this episode? Um, well, I I have to say that that when I read it, I thought <laughs> two things. I thought, oh, this might be an opportunity to do this as a comedy. You know, we really haven't done that much on mm. the show. And then uh, Marguerite, uh, who who co-wrote it with Rami, said, no, no, you have to think uh, Michael Clayton. And I went, oh, cool, a thriller. 
So at one point I, you know, I had all this action stuff and we were designing and then of course it's the end of the season. So there's never enough money to do anything. <laughs> um, so I said, well, let's just do, you know, tension. Let's just set it up so that there's a whole tension. And I had these incredible actors uh, to work with, like you said, Nadine Ellis and uh, Charlie Bowden and Matthew Podcamp and, um, and John Marshall Jones was a treasure. His, he was one of the ones that made me feel like I wanted to go down this comedy path. But once I got mm. into the drama of it and the drama of what her character, uh, what Nadine's character was uh, telling about being, a, you know, a woman who had her career taken from her and was trying to recreate herself. And it played so much in parallel with what uh, Ben was going through. And, and then I had this opportunity with he and Addison really working together as a team. And so I, I really felt as a director, I wanted to set up a moment for everybody, both in the present and in the past, to have these incredible moments of, of uh, drama performance. And they were all great actors. And, and having been an actor myself, I, I speak actor very well, I think. And I felt I was able <laughs> to draw out of each of them um, really some really great performances. I think everybody stepped up to the plate and hit a home run. We said goodbye to, to uh, Tom. We This hasn't aired yet, right? <laughs> or this has <laughs> That's aired. okay. This yeah, by the time people see it, it will have aired. Okay. Um, you know, Magic and his moment, um, um, certainly Ian, they have their incredible moment. Everybody gets yeah. to be truly dramatic, which I don't think we see enough of on the show. And so I went for it. And it, I think it played, it played classic Absolutely. quantum leap. We were only missing a kiss with history. Right. It, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it paid off. And I, I, I will say that I thought you did get some wonderful moments of humor in the episode as well, in spite of having, you know, a heavier episode overall. And it felt very, um, you know, the Leap story, obviously, felt very, you know, classic Quantum Leap. I could have easily pictured an episode like this in the classic series. And, uh, and, and the amazing thing is, is that it was still able to have this incredible HQ story um, that, you know, for the first time in a while did not necessarily run completely parallel to the leap story was not completely invested in the leap story. It was it was its own story in a lot of ways. And it paid off a lot of stuff that's been set up over the course of the season. Um, I agree with you. The, the, the scene with Ian and Tom was wonderful and getting to see Mason, uh, you have the chance to to really just go all out in, in their defense of of what they had done and their you know, investment in Ben's return home was uh, also a high point for me. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to ask you is when you come to an episode like this and you know that there's going to be, um, you, you know, payoffs for the season and ramifications for things that have been happening for the past, uh, you, you know, 10 episodes, um, is the approach any different uh, knowing that you're kind of doing some of this this storytelling that that takes place over the course of multiple episodes within your episode, or is it still just, you know, I'm directing a story, I'm telling a story, and this just happens to be a part of the story that I'm telling? Well, no, I mean, and the, and that's the big difference between 
the original show and this show in the sense that you get to be in the present with these people. Um, Al would come in and talk about the fact that they're going to take the program away from him. In this series, you get to see how the, the, um, the threat of what's happening in the present and the danger of losing control of Quantum Leap is unfolding. So I, I find that in the storytelling, you want to be able to just balance it. So it's almost like doing two television shows at once, mm. especially from writer's point of view and definitely from the director's point of view. And to find out how to keep the, the tension going, to keep the uh, drama going throughout as you, as you switch back and forth from what's happening in the present to what's happening in the past. Mm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. It, it really does. And, and, and I think, you know, to add on to that just a little bit, we, of course, get to spend some time with Gideon Ridge as played by the phenomenal James Frain. Um, and, you, you know, you have that scene in the very beginning of the episode that really sets up the stakes, I think, for HQ and for the scenes that we're going to see following, in particular with Ian, and then, you know, paying off at the very end with magic. I would love to hear your take just, you know, as a producer, as a co-creator of Quantum Leap, you know, as someone who has clearly has so much investment in the show in being able to tell a story like this and seeing somebody like James Frain come in and having a character like Gideon Ridge and and just the implications of that for the storytelling and 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 then also specifically to the outsider what that meant for your episode he's a front-on threat and I remember saying to James who's a wonderful actor I said you're a 16 year old young boy young man <laughs> trapped in the body of a grown man and you haven't grown up and you won, you won the game, but, but play it for me from the boy, from the boy who won the game. And, and actually he did one take that was so incredibly wonderful. And at the end of the take, you know, he was at the end of the take, I, I it was just too long. I had to tighten it up. And I said, well, now we've just done the movie version. <laughs> Let's do the TV version. <laughs> so we went back, we, we got to tighten it up a little bit, but you know, and that's why I had him, you know, playing with a toy in the very beginning. Yeah. He was a little kid. Yeah, it, I mean, <clears throat> I think that one of the things that's so interesting, you know, over the course of the episode too, is seeing the way that each team member reacts to that information, including Tom. And, and, and you know, when Tom returns, um, I, I really enjoyed that scene because Addison, of course, mis mistakenly believes that it's because of their relationship. And then when he tells her that, you know, he's the DOD guy, he's there to, you know, to basically figure out what's going on and that Gideon wants the pound of flesh. I love the way that the, the episode and that the series as a whole, I, I really mean this, especially this season has subverted a lot of expectations and delayed maybe certain like emotional moments in service of, of kind of, you know, just this telling this, this incredible story. Um, can you talk a little bit about the way that you, you know, yourself kind of frame the relationship between Addison and Tom and how unique it is, especially to this iteration of Quantum Leap, to be able to explore a relationship like that and, you know, just what it meant for this episode thematically to be able to kind of show the oh, I think know, the I've end lost of this you, relationship? I, I lost that question. Um, I will ask it again. Uh, I was just curious about the what your thoughts are on the nature of the relationship between Tom and Addison and thematically how it ties into this episode, The Outsider, because in, it genuinely feels like Tom could be considered the outsider 
just as much as you know the other characters especially on our leap story somebody like you know uh, a connie or, or, or what i mean i have my own feelings about that storyline that i thought was was an interesting choice for for a story arc for that big of a story arc to come back after three years and say that Addison had moved on or was trying to move on. And that, as a storyteller, bothered me. And I think it bothered mm. uh, Caitlin as well. Because, you know, as women, there's a tendency to want to stand by your man. She, three years is not a long time in love. And I think she was kind of pushed into that position um, to, to move on by the people around her who thought the men around her, who thought that was the better part of valor to, to mm -hmm. go forward with her life. So in my mind, she had never gone there completely. It was just trying to deal with everything she was feeling. And, and I, I believe again, another wonderful moment for Caitlin was the speech when she tells the truth, Tom and I, you know, you died. I had to deal with that. I, you left. I had to deal with that. Tom came into my life and I didn't know what I was. I was just reacting. And so I thought that was a great way for her to say the words out loud to the one person that she could say the words to who she didn't tell through the whole, through that whole series, second season. Right. And, and, and he was, again, Ben, I mean, um, Raymond is such a good actor and his, <laughs> ability to listen, which is such a gift, was so beautifully done there. And as he went through the reality of hearing her side of the story, he's been living his side of the story of not understanding that he was gone for three years, not understanding that the people that said they were going to wait for him didn't, but they found a way to get back to him. So all those elements, and I thought, Caitlin really wove a beautiful emotional story to finally tell him the truth. And I think it put them on a new track. Yeah. And so I wanted to play the playfulness of them trying to solve this case together. And mm -hmm. then the moment when he says, um, why didn't you ever tell me? How did I never know that you wanted to be a reporter? And she says, I've, I can have some secrets. And I took that moment and played them con reconnecting. And yeah. I thought it was really important for that to happen. And they deserved it. They really deserved to come back together. And I think in the beginning, the audience wasn't sure what to do with it because of the show. Sam was so, the original show, Sam was so alone out there. The idea of uh, other than Al. And Al was a unique character in that he was living his life. <laughs> and fighting for Sam, but he was also bringing the present day mentality uh, along with Sam to the past. If you know what I mean yeah. by that, it was the, the ability to hold the mirror up and see what someone in the present feels like having to deal with the reality of the past. Um, so I, I, I want to say that it was important for me to, to, have that moment. And then at the end with Tom, I, and I said to Peter, I said, I want you to show me the pain of saying goodbye to this woman. You really thought this was the next woman that was going to replace the wife that you lost. And 
you knew you, you couldn't get her there and you couldn't get her there because you couldn't get her out of the past with Ben. So it was all, it was all these levels of time travel, you know, that I think have been set up when Tom um, talked about his wife when he was at uh, Princeton for the show with the professor. And he talked about his wife being there and missing his wife. So I yeah. think that the, that the arcs that the, the writers w wrote into that were incredibly reflective of, of the, the depth of each character. So there was a lot of character growth in this season that got to unfold. And Absolutely. that's important. Yeah, it really is. And I think that one of the things that I've loved so much about this season, and we've seen it really take off over the last couple of episodes, is there was so much storytelling through character growth. And now that character growth and all these character arcs are facilitating this larger narrative arc that is that we're clearly kind of careening towards in the last couple of episodes. And I, I just think that it's been a magnificent way to tell that story because it's not something that we see a lot of, especially on network television lately. You know, so much of stuff, it's just, it's, it's just kind of it, it has that sort of, you know, procedural of the week kind of quality to it, as opposed to being able to tell these larger stories about these human beings and then the situations that they find themselves in. And, 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 and I've just really enjoyed that. Um, I, I think that one of the things too about Tom is I've I've really connected with the fact that you know it was easy early on to be suspicious of Tom. It was er easy early on to not necessarily like the fact that Addison moved on. Not for me. I was I was okay with the fact that she had moved on under the circumstances. But I agree with what you said that once she knew Ben was back, it was clear that there was still all of this kind of entanglement with Ben. And all of this leftover stuff that had, you know, that that had never been fully resolved to begin with, even in her grief and mourning for him, and now is being confronted with the reality that Ben's still out there. Um, but I love the sensitivity and tenderness, the the approach to Tom's character and his ability to, you know, remain connected to Addison in those final moments before he gets on the elevator. I just thought that that scene was just was really wonderfully done. And I and I appreciated not only what he was saying, how he was saying it, and, and obviously Caitlin's reaction to it. I want to go back real quick, because you mentioned the scene between, uh, you know, Addison and Ben, where Ben's drinking and, you know, Addison finally sits down and tells him how, you know, everything has been going on back at the project. And I just loved that scene so much. I, I, I think it's one of my favorite moments for Caitlin as an actor. Um, and it's very, I mean, they're just sitting there and, and, and you've got the camera on, on Caitlin for the, for the bulk of that. Can you talk a little bit about conversations that you might have had with Caitlin or Ray as a director and, and, and what was going through your mind as you were filming that scene? Um, again, it was, it was giving Ray the opportunity to really re listen and react to her. You know, I loved when he did that moment of, uh, she says, you know, you leapt and um, and then you died. Oh, no, no. When she says, Tom and I got engaged and he goes, oh, and then she says, and then we got unengaged and he goes, oh, <laughs> right? yeah. just the little, little moments that they gave. And then I I said to her, this scene is about you. It's you're you're revealing yourself to 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 Ray, but you're, you're confessing the things that you had not had the courage this whole season to confess. And I think the moment that broke that down was again, when the scene before, when she said, I'm allowed to have secrets. And he, he was caught in that moment. They were caught in that moment. 
So I let the wall fall at that point. So what I was doing as a, as a director and what I said was, I want you guys to, to remember who you were in that moment, forget time, forget everything else, who, just who you were in the moment that you were in love with each other. And I think that made it easier for her to tell the truth in that scene. And there, it was a very powerful, I think, connection sexual yeah. tension, emotional connection. So, uh, and I think when I talked to, to all the actors, Nadine, who was an incredible actor when she, yeah, when she broke down, um, as a matter of fact, uh, I'll be very honest. There was another take where she was even more powerful and more dramatic. And, and the network said it's, too dramatic. <laughs> I said, mm. it's a drama. What do you mean? It's too dramatic. <laughs> but she was wonderful in that take and, and the take in the, in the van as well. When mm. she, the little girl came out and she said, do you think I can make a comeback? And he said, uh, you know, you need a producer. So I, <laughs> I, I, I really felt like I had found moments, like I said, for everybody to really come out. And so the show really vibrated on a level of passion for each of, of what everybody was going through. Yeah. Well, you, one of the things too, about the scene that, uh, that kind of was previous to the scene where Addison tells Ben that she was engaged is there, there's that incredible moment where like she, she says, you know, I, I'm allowed to have secrets and he has the line, uh, you know, you can still surprise me. And then we get this long moment of silence and I feel like it's a longer moment than, than normally would be taken, I, even in a similar scene between two characters that, you know, are, have, have broken up and now they're, they're sharing this moment where they remember all the reasons why they love one another and whatnot. And I loved how much time was taken and how much you let that breathe and just to see the reactions on both of their faces because, oh, I, I mean, you. I could identify it. I could, you know, I just, I could identify with it. I knew what, the, I know what that feeling's like. And I loved the, the way that because you were able to take that time and allow both of them to go on this journey, one of the things that I was left with was, of course, the feeling that Addison is still in love with Ben. But Ben is, because of where he is in this particular moment and doesn't necessarily know that she's not with Tom anymore uh, or is headed in that direction, I, it, it's like at the end of it, he enjoys the moment, but at the end of it, he's he's accepting of the fact that, like, that's not where they are anymore, but he will always love her. And because of what Hannah said a couple of episodes about love being infinite, I think in his mind, there's this thing of like, I can, I can love Addison and I can love Hannah and maybe I can love someone else and that that's okay. Um, can you talk about the decision to just to, to let that moment breathe for as long as it did and, and, and what you were left with feeling, you know, both as, as, as a director, as, as a producer, as a writer, you know, someone who has so much invested in this show, because I felt like it was a very special moment. Well, it's again, and I go back to classic quantum leap because we didn't have to cut back to the present for, you know, at least 15 to 20 minutes of the show there was time for those things to be. You could sit with a performance, yeah. you could sit with an emotion. And I thought that that was incredibly important. And so when I edited it together, I made sure that I built in double cuts so that you could sit mm. as an audience 
almost as a voyeur watching two people reconnect with each other. So I wanted that, but you just don't get that on television generally. It's really just very fast no. paced, cut, cut, go, move, move, move. And I thought, let me take you back and put you in a moment where you're watching an intimate moment unfold between two people that I, I mean, I kind of want people to feel a little bit uncomfortable mm, in the sense mm -hmm. that you're caught up in it and you don't know what's going to happen. And it's long enough for you to start to imagine what would you do? That to me is great television filmmaking. Let me put my audience into the scene. That's what that, that choice was about. And I was grateful that, you know, the studio, the network, Martin uh, and Dean really supported me on making room for that to happen. Uh, and still get all fantastic. the story that happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that's the remarkable thing too, right? Because the episode does feel so full. There's so much that happens. But it, it is a, it, it to me, it feels like a, a wonderful example of being able to have an HQ story and have our leap story without sacrificing anything for the other. Now, granted, I'm sure that there are things that could have been added to the leap story. You know, there could have been more time spent with them, no doubt. And, and maybe there's even longer scenes that we could have had at HQ to help flesh out some of those things. But ultimately, everything works so well together. The pieces fit so well together. And I think so much of that has to do with such a strong guest cast. You know, we, we talked a little bit about Nadine Ellis as Connie. I think that she's one of my favorite guest actors that you all have had honestly i, I, I just thought she was fabulous um thank you can you yeah can you talk about uh and i'm not sure how much you had to do with it but can you talk about her casting and just what she brought you know to to the role to the set and working with her what that was like uh, well we looked at a lot of really wonderful actresses and uh nadine just nailed it you know how some people say the words and find the subtext on a whole other level. There was something very personal in her performance. And I thought she just, she hit all the right notes uh, to, to make the symphony work. She was strong, she was funny, she was tough. She was, you know, vulnerable, vulnerable in the sense that she didn't want to go back there. And then when she ended up back in the same place she was, it, it broke her. Yeah. And it gave Ben the opportunity to say, you're not broken. You have not failed. And you have a chance to make, to do this one right. And I think uh, he was a great cheerleader in that respect. And she gave the vulnerability of how do I, how do I rebuild myself? There's so many people in life who Things happened. It's not that they even had a choice in it, but things happened. They were doing, she was doing her job in New York and she got too enthusiastic about it and she felt she pushed too hard. But probably no matter what she did, that guy that committed suicide was going to commit suicide anyway, which is the yeah. same kind of thing that, that happened in the, in the current story uh, in the sense that he faked his own death and I think Addison, yeah, Addison brings that clue in and said he died anyway, which yeah. allowed them. So I thought it was a well-written um, episode in, in the sense that, that the clues were dropped in and they led you 
um, to think. So it was a smart show in that way. Yeah, it was a smart show to to get hooked I into agree. it. And I think Nadine, Nadine really pulled the string to the point where in her audition, it was hands down. Once I saw her, she was who I wanted. <laughs> and we were shooting over Christmas too. So we were very concerned about who we could oh, get wow. or couldn't get because you had to shoot right up to like the 23rd and then you were back the second or the third. I, I mean, it was like, if you if you didn't have all your Christmas stuff done, you weren't gonna get it done. <laughs> um, can you talk, because one of the things that I loved so much about uh, what she brought to the role also was her chemistry with Ray. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that process was like? Did they get the opportunity to rehearse at all? Any of those scenes where they, you know, or, or was it, because I know in some episodes you get that time and then in some episodes it's pretty much just like, get in front of the camera, let's go. So I'm just curious as to what the nature of, of, of that work was like, because I really enjoyed what we saw on screen, their chemistry and their relationship um, on screen. Well, I mean, it's, it was a seven day shoot. So we were moving very, very fast. We had a 10 and a half page day, which is crazy, but we did it. Wow. Um, but we also had that break in between. So people could, we shot for for four days and then we shot for seven days afterwards. But there was that break of um, n nine days in between where you could go back and live with the character. So you came back kind of fresh and had time to, to live with it, which you don't have. It's seven days, boom, you're in, you're out. And I think that mm -hmm. interim part really worked well. The, the, the reality of rehearsing came, f and, and this goes to really good actors too. You know, I'm always grateful to work with actors who have worked on stage because they know that they need to learn their lines and hit their marks so that they can then perform. They can act. Yeah. And I had, I have on that show, the, the, the core cast are, are theatrically trained actors and the guest stars were all theatrically trained actors. So they knew they lines. And once I set the blocking, I could then go through it once and then say, let's talk briefly about what we want out of this scene, what I, I need out of this scene. And they got it. Again, it's speaking that language of emotion. This is, this is where you're coming from. This is where you just came from in this scene. This is where you're going to in this scene and then help me get there. And they did With the, the, you know, when you get somebody great that comes in, it just elevates everything. I also thought that speaking of the guest actors, um, that, uh, Charlie Bowden as, as Robbie was, was wonderful, you know, it, not a lot of screen time, but in, in, in both of those scenes that, that he was in, I just really loved what, what he did. And I thought that it would have been so easy to kind of devolve into cliche with that performance. You know, the, the, the scared overshadowed brother trying to just, you know, stick it to the older brother because they, they, they made a mistake or whatnot, but because of the choice in the writing to have Robbie be complicit with this activity, but also, you know, showing him to be, to be scared. Um, I don't know. There was just a lot of, of meat there for him. And so I would love to hear you talk a little bit about Charlie and, and his performance. Um, and in particular, um, you know, kind of the scene at the hotel when he realizes he can do some good here and he can help, you know, help to, to make things right. 
You know, we shot at the Bates Motel. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yes. That was the beauty of Universal. That, that I have right. to tell. It was the coolest thing. So when we were there scouting, it was between the trams. So the Norman Bates character, who, by the way, it, um, one of the actors, oh my gosh, I can't think of his name. He was wonderful, plays Norman Bates for the tr for the uh, for the trams <laughs> no way he's in here when she goes in to make the call oh, oh i'm so sorry that I um but he was kind enough to do that for us and he was just very very kind um <laughs> oh so robbie's character he wants to confess to somebody the whole time which is why he's a whistleblower yeah. and i said to him when we were sitting there i said this is your moment and again, I, I went back to, to the child him. He's the younger brother who didn't get the attention. Mm. You know, he was always in the shadow of his older brother. They did a hysterical bit between the two of them that some of it was so funny, I couldn't use it. Um, when we <laughs> did the little commercial, this is the Denver yeah. that I know. And if you notice, he does, <laughs> he like follows his brother. They were like, he was so good. Anyway, so I said to him, your mom has just busted you and you get to tell the truth. And he just melted. It was just, the, as soon as I said the words, he knew exactly who the, who the character was. He knew exactly what I wanted. And he he gave it to me. Yeah. And I said, this is your chance to, to be a hero. And, but mostly it's, it's your chance to confess. All this stuff you've been holding in, nobody wanted to hear it. And now here's somebody who you feel you trust saying, okay, we can do this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I said, I thought it was it was beautifully done, and 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 again, you know, to see an episode that I feel like was already very strongly written, to see it elevated by by these actors was great too, and 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 Matthew Polkamp as um, as the brother as Chet. Uh, one of the things that I loved about Chet, and and I think it came through really really well during the interview scene, is that he wasn't a villain. Like, yes, he's doing some bad things, right? And I think that power has certainly corrupted him to to a good degree in this want of power and money but he did not come off as this you know what the phrase i always like to use the mustache twirling villain like you see from time to time um how like what kind of conversations did you have with him uh in, in kind of realizing the chet character um i think we talked about the fact that he is willing to sacrifice to do the greater good. And he believes in this chemical and the fact that it does malicious things to people, that it hurts people, um, is the price you've got to pay. And it's not that he's, you know, cold hearted. He really just feels like it's a, it's a necessary evil. If you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, I thought that was an important story to tell and he knows the truth. So he is a little bit of a bad guy in that sense, and he's willing to sacrifice it. It's he, why he signed that memo that said, you know, it's cheaper to get this product out here uh, than to pull it from the market and just pay the people that might, we don't know, get uh, cancer from it. Uh, but care and, and he, and I, I can get rich and be powerful and that's awesome too. Um, so maybe I'll disregard some of the, the, the warning signs along the way. Um, but it, but it, it was, yeah, it was very well done. And then of course the interview scene as a whole, um, one of my favorite things about the episode 
and, and I felt like it was a wonderful callback to the classic series in, in a subtle way, you know, if not intentional, um, because there was that moment where Nadine, or excuse me, uh, Connie stops the interview, you know, wraps everything up. Addison is giving Ben the wrap up and the rundown on what's going to happen afterwards. And then, of course, he asks what's going to happen with Connie. And Addison's like, you know, see for yourself. And I love the decision to have her restart the interview, confront Chet. Um, it all felt so genuine and honest. And again, I, I think it was a great piece of writing. But can you talk a little bit about the if you even had to resist the urge or if it just felt natural to you too, to make it bigger than maybe what it was, because it felt so real, so genuine and very grounded. It did not necessarily feel like, Oh, now, now the big dramatic moment is coming and the confrontation is coming. It, it, it just played very, very honestly. And I really appreciated that. Oh, thank you. No, there was no temptation to do it because it was again, her having the courage to do her job. And um, I, I thought it was very yeah. important. I mean, the bigger thing was the way that they had structured the ending of the scene was that um, Ben was going to leap out and we were going to stay in the present. And that to me was, you can't do that. That's mm -hmm. not quantum leap. When Ben leaves, we leave. And <laughs> so we had to restructure the yeah. ending a little bit to make that happen. But I, I thought it was, it was well played. And um, the opportunity to make sure that, I can't think of the character's name, her boss was there I, I literally had to take a, a piece of film. If you look at it, if you want to see some fun technical stuff, um, I took a scene that I had caught him on putting the head, taking the headphones off and then played it backwards for him to put the headphones on because I didn't capture that. So it's just <laughs> some fun Hollywood stuff. And then, um, but I yeah. wanted to make sure that you knew cameras were turned on, sound was turned on. He knew what they were getting as well. And then the fact mm. that there was not a huge resistance from Chet, he says, you can't do that. But then he had to deal with it as well. And, um, and not take away her moment of, of stepping back into her power, because that's the resolution at yeah. the end of that scene is I've got my power. Yes. Well, that was one of the things that the episode as a whole had multiple moments, I felt like of characters being able to kind of like, if not take their power back, at least have an incredible amount of agency that sometimes just due to the nature of the show, we we don't get to always see Ben take the initiative in every scene because sometimes he needs guidance, you know, whether that's from Addison or from Ziggy or even the people that, you know, are in the situation that he's left with or whatever. But in the course of this episode, seeing Ben and Addison have that agency to do the investigative work, to be journalists, you know, to be investigative journalists was really cool. I really love that to see Ian, you know, take their power and you know, tell Tom why they did what they did and how they're not sorry for it, I thought was just wonderful. Um, and, and, and again, to see Connie, yes, take her power back and have that agency completely separate from any influence of Ben was really wonderful. And and, and I always love that type of stuff. You know, I, I feel like it's, it, it, again, it's one of the things that um, makes the show just feel... It, it, the, the, it, it's not just a case of, of characters taking their power back, but it's almost like you get to feel some of that as well, you know, as an audience member. And I think that that's an incredible feeling to, to, to just like okay. to, to have that yeah, moment kind important. of that, that, that. 
Yeah. I think it's important. It's important for the series. And, and I, I really believe your Mac will sleep soon. <laughs> it's supposed to be plugged in. Okay. Okay. Well, I was grateful for in, in the finale. I mean, in the credits to also say a yes. thank you and a goodbye to Matt. And I was so grateful that the studio backed us, backed me on making the request and all the cast stepped up to say how important his contribution to Quantum Leap has been since he wrote those books. They have been my Bible of memory. Anytime over that, those 30 years, I needed to go back and, and I'm glad he finished, you know, the, the, um, the new books and I will miss him dearly. I, I was privileged to hang out with him in London um, this summer and uh, I, I, he will be missed for sure. I just wanted yeah. to make sure I got that in before they cut me off and uh, to uh. tell everybody to please come to warriorworld1.com. We finally got the digital version of the graphic novel out for Warrior One. I'm so proud of it. Um, I, I'm still trying to figure out how to uh, get the printed version of the novel out and the ultimate, uh, the absolute version. It's a real education to just go into a new medium of graphic novels, but <laughs> what a blast I've had working with artists. And so warrior one world, all one word.com. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't know when, like I said, we're going to have the physical books, but the digital ones went out, the digital assets went out. We had a great, I had shot a film years ago with, with Troy and Belisario and Mary Wells. And we did a anime um, overlay and it came out really cool. So all those kind of things will hopefully be available and, and we can check us out on Instagram and Facebook for Warrior One World or for Warrior One. And I'm probably gonna get cut off here because I can't figure <laughs> out how to plug stuff in, these giant plugs that, that they have over here. But That's thank okay. You. I I know. I thank you, Deborah, and and I'm uh, you know you you did my work for me. I was going to ask you about Matt, and I was going to ask you about Warrior One, and and mention that I had the chance to read the graphic novel, and um, I'm so grateful for the the outpouring of of love and gratitude for Matt. Uh, I miss him dearly. You know, he was such a he was such a good friend, and um, I think unfortunately, in some ways, I didn't realize just how much of a good friend he was until he was gone, and how much he meant to me. But um, you know, I, I love and miss him dearly. And uh, I know you and I spoke, um, you know, the day that, that, that we both found out uh, about his passing. And um, I'm just so, so glad in a way that the dedication could come on an episode that you were involved with. And I know that it would have meant it would have meant a hell of a lot to him. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So thank you for that. And, um, um, and you got and thank to read you so much. I did. Yes, read. I I did. I, I loved it. I know. Well, we should, you know, what we should do is when, when you have more power, uh, <laughs> when you're not half the world away, we should have another conversation. We should talk more about that. And I would love to get your thoughts after it's aired. I'd love to get your thoughts on the finale and the season as a whole as well. Um, because I, I just, I know so many of the people that I speak to all the time, including Drew Lindo, uh, you know, just always sing your praises and talk about how much it means to them that you're involved, that you're providing guidance, that you're providing feedback, that you're there, whether it's, you know, the writers, 
directors, the producers, the, the actors, everyone just loves and appreciates you so much. And, and so do I, and so yeah. does everyone I'm sure listening to this. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so thank you so, so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Sounds like a plan. I, I, um, I, literally, <laughs> you should see this thing flashing. I'm out Safe of travels. Safe travels. Thank you so much. And, um, and, and yeah, in the meantime, I will just say to everyone listening and watching, take care of yourselves, take care of one another, stay safe out there and always, always leap responsibly. <laughs>